You're listening to The Blank Page Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Patterson, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. This is a space where I get to talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, and storytellers about what it means to be on a creative path, how to deal with the high highs and the low lows, and how to stay well along the way. As a creative myself, I am no stranger to riding the roller coaster, discreetly crying on the subway slash not so discreetly crying in my car, getting in my head, focusing on results, and just not having a good time. So my hope for this show is to create a community where we can all come together, lift each other up, remind each other to have fun, and feel fortified in returning to that proverbial blank page again and again. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, I hope everyone is doing well today. I'm doing pretty well. I'm sitting in a living room with two cats who aren't acting crazy, so I really can't complain. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. Megan Ketch. You guys, this conversation blew my mind. She is such a special soul. Megan is just one of these people who has an incredible gift with words. And she, just in this interview, articulated some things in such a way that just touched my heart and gave me a lot of clarity, if I'm being honest. You can check out her writing at luckisapenny.com. So many good gems there. You can check out her acting on a few different shows. She starred in American Gothic on CBS, which, fun fact, was a CBS summer series that ran at the same time as the CBS summer series that I was on called Brain Dead. We just have so much funny little synchronicity, she and I. She's also a big recur on CW's Jane the Virgin. Uh, She's been on Gotham. She was on The Affair, Reckless, Blue Bloods, The Good Wife, Under the Dome. She's done a lot of theater work. She's just, she's just one of these amazing artists who's in it for the long haul. And I hope that you guys get as much pleasure and comfort and I hope you just feel as seen as I did listening to this interview. Keep getting after those dreams this week and... Enjoy this convo. Okay, so I'm sitting here with the illustrious Megan Ketch. And I've been starting interviews with compliments because everyone who I'm bringing on is someone who I just am admiring and like adoring. So, well, right back at (laughs) you. Well, I think it's worth mentioning. Mutual admiration society. Ugh, here for it. I think it's worth mentioning how we kind of got connected. Please, yeah. So, Skylar Young. Hi, Skylar. <laughs> Skylar did, worked the Carnival of Love with you? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. she worked the Carnival of Love with you and then stumbled upon your blog. Yes. And oddly enough, so Megan went to NYU, I went to Columbia, and when you were in your graduating year, mm-hmm. I heard about you. Oh. Like you were the one, I feel like there's always like a couple people in the kind of East Coast drama school circuit who just are, you know, it's, of course you're extremely talented, but it, you know, there's, a, some of us are just lucky, <laughs> you know, like with 
we're getting the buzz it's happening and you were the one who everyone was like oh my gosh this girl she's so good like oh my god that's yeah. so nice to hear and so not the experience I was having internally. We but, should talk about that but, too. But wow, that's so nice yeah. to hear. But Megan is just this beautiful, authentic woman who you just seem like such an integrated version of yourself. You, I meeting, I mean, I read your blog. So my friend Skylar worked this event with her and then started reading Megan's blog and said, you should check out this blog. Like I think luck is a penny.com luck is a penny.com. You guys get sign up for the emails. It's so good. But I, she was like, I just feel like where you're at in your journey and what you're going through, you would benefit. I feel like, you're and we had both just um, we, there was a lot of synergy, right? We had both just moved to Los Angeles yeah. from New York. We had started our careers in New York. Yeah. We'd gone to graduate school together. Mm-hmm. You had recently gotten married. Yeah, I had just gotten engaged. So there was all this wonderful symmetry totally, between us. Totally, yeah. totally. But so I started reading her blog, and I felt so seen. I felt so wow. seen, and I was so inspired that someone had the courage to talk about the tenderness that we all have and that we all feel as artists and people on this journey and I mean it's my favorite subject so um the extraordinary experience of of getting your email and discovering that there was an audience for that subject yeah um and not just any audience, a intelligent, sensitive, courageous audience like yeah. yourself oh, made you. me feel um, so encouraged and made gave me a sense of fortitude about continuing. Yeah, you have to do it. Thank you. And and so your you reaching out was just a hugely meaningful moment. I mean, a, a truly formative moment of like, I'm not screaming into a canyon. No, someone someone like me needs this kind of um uh encouragement and investigation investigation is such a good word yeah so i it's been the blog has kind of been become like a parking lot of essays for Mm. for ideas and um interests preoccupations sort of earworms and sometimes even um I would say less intellectual and more just like a compliment I received that I wanted to, um, that I wanted to, uh, absorb fully, Mm. Uh, um, a concern I had, you know, between a relationship with a friend, um, something I heard on the news that really upset me. Yeah. It's like, it's my intentional conversation Mm -hmm. with, um, a reader I suppose who I've imagined as myself, you know, um, I have chills. Yeah. It's like, what, what do I need to hear today? And perhaps that will have a larger service to the world. Yeah. 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 It's crazy because <laughs> I feel like that's what this podcast has sort of become. And too. can I just say, it's such an honor. I feel so lucky to be here with you. I just met your two fabulous cats, <laughs> Earl Grey and they're Shakespeare. They're already acting crazy. I can feel it. <laughs> and, um, and that, when we met earlier this year, you described this idea to me yeah. and less than six months later, this idea is a reality. Ugh. So I'm stunned by your industry and, and by your courage to make it happen. And I feel very inspired by that. Thank you. Your, your work definitely inspired me and it's what, it's what you're saying. It's this, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what inspired you to start the blog and yeah. what you felt. I mean, you just sort of talked about what it, what it has become but yeah that's wh- sort what of what was the need that needed to be filled by that blog yeah I 
I was just telling you that um, uh, I was an English major at, at college mm-hmm. in college as well, um, and I've always been an avid reader. Um, I find great strength and um, a sense of possibility through language. I've always been, um, you know, apparently since I was one years old, I was sort of speaking in complete sentences. Like I've always been a communicator Um, and a little bit of like a parrot as well. If someone says something to me, says a word to me that I don't recognize, that I don't know, I look it up. I have the massive Webster dictionary on my desk. It's my most used book. Wow. Um, I've always been a lover of words and a collector of words. And that's part of what I um, supremely love about my work as an actor. But the blog felt like a different type of canvas for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps a more quiet, patient and intimate one that didn't feel so transactional. Mm. You know, when you're auditioning all the time, you're not necessarily acting no it's a completely <laughs> different thing I mean you you we get need this. to talk about this as well um you don't always get to feel uh creative or creatively no. whole no. when you're trying to get a job because trying yep. to get a job is different from investigation and if you're not in the right headspace I've made this comparison before and been like okay if I were an accountant and I had gone on 200 job interviews and didn't get one it would be really hard to feel like still fortified yes in this profession perfect uh analogy like it's that's what i'm doing i'm going out that's what you're doing a great job like of course you know what i mean we have mfas we are talented we are passionate i don't i mean a lot of times i don't even i mean talent doesn't matter that much but it is like we have a skill set yes of course and then to have that skill set not be validated yeah can be tricky well, I feel like that's a perfect segue to the other need, yeah, which was a need for control. Yes, yes, a need for a platform, which is so fair that I control. Yep, a, a need for again that I have a day I can sit down and write. It's right here. Yeah, uh, my friend Lauren and I got together, and she helped me design the website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a a, a accordion filing folder of images, of poems, of uh, printed out emails that were important that friends had sent to me or the exchanges between me and my parents. I had all this sort of uh, intimate artifacts of of my life that felt like fodder for a deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. And I I can open that up at any time and find inspiration. Yeah. Um, And that sense of control and um, proximity... To opportunity mm-hmm. ha- not only helped you know my sense of well-being mm-hmm. but it also reminded me that a creative person is never impoverished you, you don't have to go outside of yourself to create yeah and um, positioning yourself um, in the driver's seat is so important when you've been on 200 auditions yeah. and and um, they haven't turned into a job opportunity Mm -hmm. you have to find a way of working on your work yeah yeah you have to insist on working on your work and I think um you know this blog I wanted to do from the perspective of a creative and not actor specifically absolutely yeah because I think as actors you talk about my work right but it's but it's but you read it it's it's yeah I don't think it's an echo chamber no um 
And I've had <laughs> and you're using. I've had a writing. Presbyterian minister write to me from Toronto. I've had an engineer write to me. I, I've had a school teacher write to me. The the great um, gift of the blog is that it resonates with people in different fields, yes. in different countries. Like there's this sense of um, casting a wider net mm-hmm. than you get to when you're. Uh, <laughs> Reading detective sides for the next procedural. Literally, John and I call it like yeah, beep boop bop boop. Like <laughs> the sides that when you're like on the computer, beep boop bop boop beep boop bop. Or like yeah, if you're doing like detective and my, it's like my thing is they like close the book and did you like, call her the perp? Out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Call her the perp. Did you oh, call god. her the perp? Oh god. And I'm like, oh my lord, I don't yeah. even know what yeah. that means. Mm-hmm. But please give me a job. Uh, please, yeah. yeah, I would love to. <laughs> oh no but it's 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 really about that sense of um you know vitality in your week and a and a a sort of uh taking back some control Mm -hmm. um that 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 has made the blog feel important yeah yeah it is important all 150 subscribers yeah there that feels important yeah you know um certainly it certainly made me happy mm-hmm. yeah oh, well you touched on it a little bit but I since this is a blog I mean a blog this is a yeah. podcast about what is creativity. this what are we doing what yeah. am I who am I yeah. this is a show um let's talk about tiny Megan what yeah. are some of your earliest memories I know you were a parent which actually that was my thing also my grandma was like nine months you were literally mimicking us like you could just talk and it's wild, but I know what it's was Tiny so Megan like? interesting, you know, now that all my friends have had kids and I'm an aunt three times over, Aww. you start to appreciate that you are who you are, who you are from the very beginning. Yep. And that as much as nurture is a part of your development, your nature is yours. You're coming through the way you're going to come through. Amen. You're, mm-hmm. it's a constitutional thing. Yeah. Um, so believe it or not, I was quite shy Mm -hmm. as a very little person Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know I I was reluctant to be handed off to other people from my parents I was I was very willful um and so I spent a lot of time I think in those early months of my life early years of my life enjoying my family unit Mm. I had an older sister who was the world Mm. she was my oracle um (laughs) So everything I needed to know, I could sort of learn through her and from her. And she was patient. I mean, she is an earth angel that way. Like, mm. And our five years of difference, I think, meant that I was always her baby. Yeah. And because of her particular nature and disposition, she was very relaxed about me joining her on playdates and observing her and mimicking well, her. In the birth order book, five years is when it starts over. Is that right? Yeah. So you you guys don't fall into the typical categories of like older, younger. You are your own unit. So you're both kind of like only children existing alongside each other. Wow. Does that resonate at all? Totally. Yeah. In fact, Katie called me on my way here and just left me a message saying, I miss you. I've had you on my mind and I want to hear about what you're doing. And I... I had that moment that I've had thousands of times in my life, which is thank you mm. for this sister who's always been a guardian um, and a believer mm-hmm. in of, of mine, mm-hmm. you know, the true essence of 
of support and understanding. But anyways, my, the bottom of my closet was my favorite place. I learned how to climb out of my crib before I was one. Oh my gosh. The pediatrician, my mom said, oh my God. (laughs) Listen, That's Susan Ketch will tell you her story of her version of this. But she, she, mom asked my pediatrician apparently, like, "What do I do? This is killing me." And and I mean, this is pretty life altering. The pediatrician's advice. He said, "Let her get up, put a gate in front of her door so she can't, you know, fall down the stairs yeah. or walk down the hall or hurt herself or put herself in danger." Mm-hmm. Put anything away that she could choke on mm-hmm. and let her get out of her crib. She can do it. Let her let her do it. And so every morning, my parents would find me in the sort of bottom of my closet or on the floor of my bedroom, asleep, surrounded by a project. Wow. There was always some <laughs> sort of middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. You just <laughs> wanted to be working. Yeah. There was some middle of the night fun that had to be had. Um and so that engine apparently was always a part of me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but it's, it's not that surprising. I grew up with very creative people. My father is a jazz trumpeter and oh, an wow. educator. He started the jazz studies program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where I went to undergraduate. Mm-hmm. And my mom is a literacy specialist. She's the author of 10 or 12 books on that are teaching manuals on how to invigorate your classroom for reading and writing. Um, you know, she was an art teacher at the preschool that my sister and I attended before she went back to graduate school and, um, got her master's degree. So both of them, I think at the center of their life is education. Mm -hmm. Um, and that made for a very dynamic, expressive household. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to be inside the movies I watched. I, I would act them out mm-hmm. watching them. I wanted to be singing and dancing and moving. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never wore clothes. I mm-hmm. only wore costumes. Yep. Um, Carol Van Heiss, who was the director of the preschool I went to, was a square dancer. <gasps> Cute. So she would give me all her old square dancing dresses that sort of looked like wedding cakes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like different. <laughs> like tiered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like taffeta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, or, or like, what's that? Um, egg yolks and meringue. meringue. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So on a on a three-year-old body, you put that, the, all those layers of fabric. Yep. And I mean, I was the queen. Uh. You know, that it would trail behind me as I'd walk down the hall. Yep. So that was that. We have this one f- <laughs> really fantastic picture of Katie and I on Halloween. And I'm a pioneer woman, Bless. as you do. Yeah. My mom is a brilliant seamstress and she, you know, made me a pioneer woman wow. outfit. And my sister, who was already tall for her age and five years older than me, is in cowboy boots. So she looks like she's about... <laughs> 17 oh feet God. tall she's got a vet a fringed leather vest on and a sort of cowboy hat and boots and <laughs> I'm standing next to her and I look like a, a cake topper I just am so I was really small yeah and I, I'm pretty tall I was woman, gonna say I feel like you're taller than I am but I was really like bizarrely diminutive yeah and I also had a bowl cut oh, okay. I had bangs that went behind my ears I'm cool, not cool, kidding cool. you mm-hmm. is a mullet 
Yeah. It was a mullet, yeah. really. The baby mullet. Yeah, because I sucked on my hair. Oh. That was one of my anxious things, yeah. right? When I got handed off to somebody or yep. whatever. I would suck on my hair. Mm-hmm. And so my my mom's solution to that was to cut it so you couldn't mm-hmm. reach it. I couldn't it. reach it. Yeah. Cute. Yeah, really yeah. good. <laughs> I wore like those propeller bows. I mean, it's the South. Every I day know, is Easter. I know. Ugh. So I, I always had an enormous, basically like a satellite dish on my head. Cute. Yeah. And um, my big look was vests, mm-hmm. headbands, turtlenecks, and um, black heads. Black heads. That's You're welcome. so specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I never, I didn't learn to put my shoe on the correct foot until middle school. You were like, this is fine. So I'm the fine. black kids were critical because it didn't matter. You know yeah, how they're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're just like, perfect you know, oval. they're just kind of like yeah. banana peels. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if it's on the right or left foot. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the kind of illustration of, of tiny Megan. And your earliest creative yeah. memories were like oh. wanting to be in the movies and and dressing up and and then also you know being this tyrant like wanting to be the leader mm-hmm. um, I can relate to that creating the game are you Leo yeah yeah I mean big big Leo mm-hmm. yeah July 26th ah, yeah I'm Leo rising oh so I'm yes. like <laughs> kind of comes yes, through girl. yes I just into gave it. Paige a high five yes um so it's yeah it was I created camps for the younger kids in the neighborhood. I charged $2.50 for the week. Get that money, honey. So, you know, I really um, fleeced my my neighbors. They they went for it. So they knew what they were getting into. $2.50. Which is a steal these days. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was was child labor for sure. Oh, my God. Um, The newsboys had nothing on me. (laughs) No, I was – I so we did that and – I was always inventing the game. My Look at him. Okay. Okay. So the cat is literally okay. I'm gonna give him food. Keep talking. Um, Earl Grey just bit the microphone. The mic stand. Yeah. Asshole. Hilarious. So so the um, the my favorite sacred place as a kid was my treehouse, and um, the treehouse afforded all sorts of adventures of the imagination we would always play as if there was a big party to throw mud pies to make there were people coming over everything had to be swept and cleaned I mean this was the game which doesn't sound that fun it's certainly not fun now wait who made the treehouse um it was a part of the house when we moved in I mean how lucky is that so lucky and it was two stories it, what? Yes. And it had a glass window and everything. It was the most magical place. In fact, my 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 escort for my acting work is called Treasure Treehouse because my mom calls me Treasure and Treehouse was my favorite place. Oh, um, my gosh. So anyways, but the, the Treehouse, I, I loved it so much I fell through it. I sort of wore it down like the plywood oh <laughs> where you would walk up the steps to then stand in the your biggest house inspiration portion. was your undoing. <laughs> yeah. oh exactly. God. Well, absolutely. Um, and when you enter the treehouse, you know there are three windows on all sides. There was a little bit of a creek underneath it. Creek. I mean, it felt huge. Yeah. It felt like Narnia uh. when I was little. It's so funny to. My parents don't live in that house anymore, mm-hmm. which is sort of sad. Mm-hmm. But it's. I have gone back as an adult, and it's just amazing. 
the compactness of it all mm-hmm. when it was something a place that felt so expansive yeah. yeah but yeah i walked up the stairs one day set foot in the treehouse and fell through <laughs> i mean it Were was north okay? carolina between the rainstorms yeah. and humidity yeah you know, the wood wasn't uh, hurricanes last. never yeah no no i was fine mm-hmm. um but <laughs> this fell into sort of a string of mishaps where I'd go through something that looked sort of physically treacherous. Yeah. And I would scream, I'm okay. I'm okay. Are Everybody, you still like I'm that? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of You're like my cat. modus operandi. Yes. Whoa. I'm definitely on my seventh life wow. right now. The other one was learning how to ride a bike. I mean, this is, this is the most descriptive story I can tell you of me as a kid. I invited the whole neighborhood to witness <sighs> That's a baby Leo. Yeah. If I've (laughs) ever heard one. I mean. Excuse me. Yeah. Come. Is everyone aware that I am trying something? Oh, I'm doing something. You should watch. (laughs) Step right up. Exactly. So, uh, you know, they oblige because it's North Carolina. Everybody's so damn nice. Mm -hmm. And I wear my leotard and a cape. And um, it's my banana seat bike. It's yellow. I, I fly out of the shed. Because you have to have an entrance. Evil can evil. And exactly. Uh. I, I, I go up the hill, which is impressive, mm-hmm, right? Up mm-hmm. the hill, having just learned how to bike. I turn into Mr. Blanton's driveway, which is the only driveway on the block that's paved. So it's a sure bet. Okay. I go flying down his driveway at full speed and end up underneath the bed of his truck. I don't know. I, I truly don't know how this happened, but I took the turn too fast. I forgot to break and I just, body just slid, slid. <laughs> to which I said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. It just, it's just wow. so funny how I can only imagine what, I mean, I know what I put my parents through. Yeah. 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 And now that I'm seriously thinking about becoming a parent. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm very <laughs> scared. I'm scared. But don't be scared because like we talked about, you don't know who you're going to get. That's true. You could get like Maybe I'll a get a baby like my sister. Sweet angel. You yeah. totally could. Ugh. It's very possible. It wouldn't be fair, but God, it'd be great. I know. Well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get, if you have more than one, you're going to get a perfect one first and be like, wow, oh, thank God. And then the second <laughs> Jackpot. one's going to be like, hi, <laughs> tiny Megan. <laughs> like, <laughs> watch me fall off my bike like i'm here to torture you specifically exactly yeah 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 um so i've always been like one of those collapsible figurines you know where you Mm -hmm. press the bottom Mm -hmm. of it and you sort of splat yep and then you release it and it sort of jerks into fighting form like that's that's meg catch wow do you feel that way internally also (sighs) i think inside there's um inside is more spacious mm. um i think inside is more on the moon mm. craters for sure yeah yeah a lack of gravity for sure yeah but um but an expanse mm-hmm. you know um which is also why why the blog feels important um because my my daily life, my external life feels so frenetic. Yeah. And that's fun. It's yeah. dynamic. Yeah, it's it creative. Is. It's expressive. I really like to think of myself as a generous person. You are. That the doors are open. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're truly open. Yeah. 
Um, but at night, right, when you're truly who you are, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the lights are off and you're alone and it's quiet, yep. um, there are recesses in me yeah. for sure um, that I think tether all the uh, activity with a groundedness and a depth. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this would surprise people, but a sadness too. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I have great capacity for sadness. I can relate to that. Yeah. 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 Which is probably why we do what we do. Yeah. Because we're like. And don't you notice when you're without it that there's a kind of gravitas to daily life or a drama or a conflict to daily life because you haven't so to speak wrung out yeah your capacity in your work does this make any sense it makes so much sense and we were talking off mic about about being in cars and in LA what it's like being in your car and I have experienced lately that there's all of this energy inside of me that if it's not getting used to do what I want to do it does. It creates that drama in my daily life. Mm-hmm. It makes me see things that are kind of just like quotidian and should be fine as like, I see them with judgment, like horrible or wonderful. And it's like, I, I literally need to like scream in the yeah. car to yeah. put all of that energy somewhere. It's so true that w- this is the mandate of the artist, right? You have to expunge. Yeah. You feel yourself when you're sharing, mm-hmm. when you're expressing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you know, you have a story to tell. Yeah. I don't think everybody feels that way. No. Though I do believe creativity is innately human. Yeah. Everyone needs to create. Everyone needs to have an outlet. But yeah. it is the like thing Liz where Like Liz Gilbert you're... says, you know, you put a box of crowns in front of anyone. They know what to do. Totally. No, no child struggles with that invitation. No. Yeah, they so take weird. it and they take yeah. it, um, you know, they, they take it readily. Mm-hmm. Uh as as adults we just spend so much time kind of cornered Mm -hmm. in a concretized existence Mm -hmm. you know that we don't all get a chance to be creative Mm -hmm. in our in our lives Mm -hmm. those of us who are crazy enough to think we can make a living from our (sighs) creativity or those of us you know pushed by our natures to do that um i think struggle with how to structure yeah um, and s- create that scaffolding, yeah. you know, um, for how to exist as a creative being. Yeah, you know? yeah I think that's very And real. we feel exhausted, too, because so much of it is self-perpetuated, self-originated, and self-driven. Yeah, you're like, why am I tortured? Like, yeah, because you're the CEO, because you're the pilot light. Mm-hmm. You're the impetus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being the sort of battery ram all day long every day Yes, is tiring. It's so exhausting. Right. So because that's so exhausting, what are some of the practices that you use? What are the things? I mean, this is two questions in one. Yeah, great. So I might have to repeat it. But what do you consume in terms of entertainment, books, everything? What do you use to keep that pilot light on? Yeah. Well, the very first thing we said to each other when we walked in, because our husbands know each other and like each other, which is great for very us. Sweet. Yeah. Um, double date in the mm-hmm. future. Is that my partner is, you know, the bedrock of my life. Same. That he makes me better. He's such a gifted listener. 
And my favorite thing about him is how he forgives mm. others and himself. Mm-hmm. And um, that porous relationship with disappointment, disillusionment, with change is, uh, is the great example in my life and the one I get to live with. Mm-hmm. How lucky is that? Mm-hmm. I'm a meditator. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, um, I practice TM. I took a class almost seven years ago, which is bananas. What wow. is time? Truly. Um, uh, in lower Manhattan, I, I learned how to meditate before I moved out to LA. Good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just in time. Yeah. Um, so I do that twice a day for 20 minutes. I wow. Twice t- a day. I'm inspired. I typically wake up, my alarm goes off and I wake up and sit up and do my first yeah. meditation. Um, even before coffee, which mm-hmm. is, I know even you I'm, have to even do it before coffee or it like doesn't happen. Yeah, that's true. I feel like same with like morning pages meditation. It's like if I can get out of bed, not start scrolling, not make a cup of coffee and just do it. This is a fair point. <laughs> no, you're right. And a lot of days I don't, I don't Who wants manage. To? It's the, yeah. And you know what? And then you forgive yourself. Yeah. All on max. All on max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you look at your husband's sweet face Yeah, and you remind yourself that, you're worthy of forgiveness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I hike most days with my dog, Vincent. That's great. Um, the biggest change in my life since I moved to the West Coast is being outside. I felt like I learned so much about my will from New York. And I have gotten my spirit sort of returned to me from nature mm. in L.A., the yeah. fact that you can be on top of a mountain in 10 minutes. I know. I'm going to do it this afternoon. Is revelatory. It's insane. I did I can't believe I lived without it for so long. I had such a pastoral childhood. Yeah. It's strange. Wait, I did too. And that's, it is interesting to come back and be like. Not that you're not outside in New York. You're in this kind of urban. uh, Yeah. And there's Central Park. Jungle Gym. Prospect Park. But it's. There is. And those are magnificent places. And the city wouldn't be worth living in without them. Right. But it's not wild. No. It's not. uh you can't see the horizon even in Central Park. Yeah. You're always aware of the kind of man, woman made metropolis. You and just it doesn't are. feel as democratic. Hmm. Like what do you mean? I feel like in New York there are people who can see those things. Yeah. But they have more money than God. Yeah, and that's right. They're it's floating a on a cloud of money. Yes, it's a privilege to live, you know, to be able to push pH in the elevator. Sure. And here kind of anyone can it's more egalitarian yeah most places offer some kind of outdoor space yeah or a courtyard totally it's true it's so true um so I get outside mm-hmm. that's huge mm-hmm. for me I exercise I could probably do that in a more intentional and disciplined way um I started taking ballet classes which that's is amazing which is hilarious because it's just about failing really <laughs> I mean I wait maybe that's the practice is that yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. I'm showing up to fail with to- grace I laugh through the entire amazing class I just do yeah it's hilarious <laughs> yeah. um I I um I write as mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. writing is very cathartic for me um I'm a big crafter I love to make things I have a um we we just moved this summer we moved into a really sweet one-bedroom apartment in Silver Lake, and mm-hmm. we have a garage. And instead Amazing. of parking our cars there, I made it into like a craft room. 
So I have a big table. This and is I have, amazing. It's amazing. I have a shelf like full of all the things you want it to be full of. Glitter, sequins, pi- pipe cleaners, um, different shaped scissors, paper, crayons, pastels, paints. And I... I haven't been out there in a while, and I can tell. Mm-hmm. There's this, I, I have this sort of, my fingers feel mournful. Mm. I have this, like, itch to get out there, and I'll try to this weekend. And it's a place for me that's just for me. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's important as an actor, too, to, I mean, writing is part of it, but to kind of do something with your hands that I, you can see? <laughs> like, I, I can I can feel... So it's like a spiritual chiropractor yeah to me. like yeah I can feel such a difference mm-hmm. when I take the time to do that mm-hmm. um and I'm not it's not that I have gifts as a as a visual artist I really don't but um but it scratches a different part of my brain mm-hmm. and it makes me feel like me mm-hmm. it's the you know it's the baby that got out of her crib that yep. had a project yeah, to do it yeah that's night. exactly right it's just you know it's just still a part of me yeah that that thing of and I give those things away to people you know I I decorate for every holiday mm-hmm. and most of those things I make um it's such a such a reminder not to take myself so fucking seriously right. mm-hmm. um playtime mm-hmm. you know and, and a kind of purity of pleasure and attention. Yes. Like, I find that stuff almost more than acting in some ways immersive. Yeah. The voices in my head, don't be scared, but they're there. Yeah. Go away. They do go away. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Yeah. So those are sort of, I love to cook. I love to bake. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time with my friends. I, I feel like that's... Um, the free therapy in your life is to have just to have that incredible roster I mean and I have an incredible roster Mm -hmm. of best girlfriends that ask so much of themselves that think so deeply about their life in the world um and conversation with them is the for me the ultimate um gratification Mm mm-hmm it just is. Mm-hmm. So I can feel like, oh, man, I need to tune up and I'll call friends and say, let's get together. And that that sense of um, solidarity, I'm not even kidding, like hearing about what the other has gone through that week that's been challenging or uplifting mm-hmm. is, uh, is everything. Yep. I, I mean, my marriage gives me a, a really beautiful best friendship, too. But we all need girlfriends. I, exactly as my mom has I read a said, statistic somewhere that yeah, like both men and circle. women derive more pleasure and comfort from time spent with women yeah. what yeah I mean it, it makes I think that sense. was maybe in the happiness project oh I love that but is that Gretchen Gretchen Rubin yeah. I think it was maybe in there but I was like yeah. oh yes yeah absolutely I mean I just was saying this to uh my best friend Barbara who I call strudel oh, on our hike this cutie. morning that you know Women change so gracefully. I, I'm i now at the moment of my life where I'm really watching sort of threshold after threshold, mm. you know. I just, just got married. Mm-hmm. I am thinking about motherhood. Mm-hmm. I'm watching so many women in my life uh, 
cross over a big threshold yep. in terms of careers, um, their creative life, property, yeah, you know, a sense of ownership yeah. in the world, um, partnership, becoming parents, all of it. And they are all handling it with such fluidity. Mm. It's astonishing. Mm -hmm. And now, here's the clincher. We've never had a female president. Yeah, what the hell? It's the women in my life. It's going to be the most healing thing. Who grab hold of change. Who say to everyone else, come on. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I'll just tell you this quick story. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in California. I was on the five. Mm -hmm. Very heavy traffic. Lots of horns are, are um, beeping. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. Has there been an accident? I look over to the exiting lane, to the exit ramp, and there is a Parks and Rec yellow truck parked in the middle of the exit lane and a couple of cars sort of trapped behind it with their hazard lights on. I see that there are two women who work for the city in the parks and rec truck, getting out and dealing with sizing up 200 pound male gray pit bulls what? who have been dumped on the side uh. of the five. The pit bulls have no collars on, they're panic stricken. They've got that, you know, that Joker-like face yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm smiling because I'm yeah, so scared yeah. and I am about to growl. You know, it was just harrowing. It's probably what all of our inner children look like oh. right now, given this administration. Um, but uh, there they are. And these two women with such composure, like I have never seen in my life, corral the two dogs. One of them has a gray sweatshirt that they used to wrap around the dog's mm. neck to try to hoist this these panicked animals onto the back of the of the bed of their truck. Mm -hmm. I pull over, I jump out, I say like I've I don't have a leash but I have dog treats. Do you want that? Will that help? Mm -hmm. They give the dogs the treats. Calms them down a little bit, but there's still crazy traffic. Mm -hmm. Um and, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. what's going on, bud? So, so, anyways, long story longer. They get the body of one of the pit bulls halfway onto the truck. <sighs> then he starts to back up. The woman grabs the dog's butt and sort of lifts and hurls him oh onto the truck of the bed. Then the other dog, seeing that his buddy is on the truck is more willing but the same procedure has to be done and i just thought this is what has to happen in our country yep the women the need courageous ones the pit bulls need to drag this country forward mm -hmm. to safety mm -hmm. you know and and it's going to take extreme compassion mm -hmm. caring and brute strength yeah Truly. A willingness to change mm -hmm. for that to happen. Yeah. It was magnificent. Ugh. It was magnificent and scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah. The woman literally said to me, get back. I don't know what this dog is going to do. And I thought, but you're doing yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, I I'm fine too. Yeah. No, but I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I was in awe. Mm -hmm. I was. I was pretty dumbstruck by what I was seeing them do and yeah. I will never take for granted the way they put themselves at risk yeah to oh. save those dogs that's it an amazing awesome. story also who 
abandons dogs on the highway. I can't take it. I don't get that. It's just grim. Mm. But um, it happens all the time in this city. It really does. Yeah. Did you now? Did you, did you adopt these two cats? Yes. Did you adopt them here? Or did you move from New York with them? I brought them on a plane from. You're New kidding York. me. I did you sedate don't them? Don't recommend. Um, they were given Xanax. It didn't do a thing. <laughs> Didn't do a thing. And now, like, John was fine. I was, like, a mess because you've seen this wild Earl Grey. He's crazy. He's, he's crazy. And he's, like, I think he's special needs. I mean, he yeah. – but so – Well, we all are. He yelled the whole six hours. And like, I – Like, Yeah. Yeah, like, the whole six hours. And we were sitting by this guy, and I kept being, like, I'm so sorry. And he was, like, oh, I what? I didn't even know you had cats. So it was just me. John was, like, you should just right. have a glass of wine. Yeah. It's no big deal. We're oh bringing God. them with us. They're part of our life. It's fine. It's going to be okay. Yeah, but it's it's wild. This is so embarrassing. The first time I flew with Vincent, I was such a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. He crawled into the lap of the person next to me. Oh. He was like, I'm this energy done with sucks, you. mom. Yeah, yeah, truly. And the person next to me happened to be like a, a Australian man and he who was it. traveling with his family. He loved it. He was so chill. Vincent slept oh. the whole time. But that's uh, that's why I worry about myself as a mother. Oh gosh! Like my my dog child had to escape me. You know, you'll be okay. It is it is wild, <laughs> but uh, you'll do okay. Yeah, yeah. You will. Well, it's just the I'm. I know. But we, mom's we've nervous about, systems. I. Oh. I don't know. Did I tell you that I trained as a postpartum doula? You you have told yeah, me, yeah, but yeah. I want to hear more but about just it. Like I mean, I I'm not practicing and didn't really go into practicing. It just felt it felt like a big mom, like monumental undertaking to take on when I was trying to get. I was at a place with the acting stuff where I was like, I just feel like I'm trying to get this off the ground. I yeah. can't do it. But just really like taking stock of how frayed most moms' nerves are, and then we're spreading it around like self care for moms, and they're like. What is that? And stop telling me that I should do it because I am afraid nerve. Like Oh, come yeah. Oh, yeah. please. Absolutely. There has been, I think for so long, this um closed door around the subject of what becoming a mother is like. It's thresholds. It's exactly what you were saying. That's literally I, the language we used in training is that Yeah. I I you're I, helping someone cross there's the There's nothing a s- more significant or more human that a person can do than bring a child into the world. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's a new world order when you do. Yeah, it is. Um, I did a play last summer by the brilliant Molly Smith Metzler called Cry It Out, which is all about the first few months of an infant's life Aww. and a, a blossoming friendship between two un- sort of unlikely friends. These two women who are neighbors in Port Washington outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. And the play is profound because it enters into territory we so rarely discuss or even weigh with any value. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a, a incredible thing to get to to swim in and investigate as I as I start to think yeah. about um, start to think about becoming a mother yeah you know, or just even begin to engage with that process. I do think there is a blessing to doing what we do though before becoming a mother I mean there's it comes sure. with all, a whole other set of issues well which you is, can't say we don't know ourselves r- that's what I'm saying is that the fact that we're always taking our internal temperature all the time is like it's a big part of it you're also changeable and movable you're mm-hmm. constantly reorganizing mm-hmm. yourself into character yeah you're 
you are brilliant at landing on your feet given so much uncertainty and no time yeah you know oh I need to be in Albuquerque tomorrow (laughs) at by five o'clock great and I need to have a fitting before right no problem I think that pages by 3 p.m of course you got it let's go that sense of um total lack of control and spontaneity I I think is the name of the game yes with with motherhood you know you're always taking in deep surrender at all times. <laughs> oh my God. Always taking in um, someone else and saying, yes, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, the things that you're taking in, that was the second part of the question. Oh, you're right, right, right. Yeah. What are you consuming? What am I reading and um, watching and thinking about? Mm-hmm. I just saw Bill Irwin do his one man. <gasps> um, it's kind of like this amazing clown show slash lecture on Beckett. Wow. And you know what's exquisite about it is that he's the only guy in the world that could have made that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was struck by his voice, by the singularity of it, um, by his skill, mm-hmm. his utter command mm-hmm. over, his, over his clown body. Um, and his virtuosity as a thinker yeah. and as a um, comedic thinker. It was amazing. I, um, I saw Peanut Butter Falcon, <gasps> which is like my favorite independent movie I've seen in You're a long time. You're the second time. person on this podcast to talk about Peanut so Butter Falcon. So see it. Yeah, I guess it's Shia LaBeouf is a revelation in that movie. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, I just read a book called uh, When Women Were Birds by mm-hmm. Terry Tempest Williams, which is... Uh, a book of essays about, uh, and a memoir after her mother has died. And it is about voice, about Mm. the female voice, about (sighs) nature, about a sense of continuity in identity and female identity. Um, and it's staggeringly beautiful. Mm. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Um, I'm in the middle of reading a book called the yellow house by Sarah M. Broom which is uh, also a memoir, but a memoir of a physical space, a house, Mm. and the span of her family's life and history within that house, which they no longer have because it was destroyed in Hurricane, well, twice, once in Hurricane Betsy and the second time, I guess, in, um, what's the enormous one, Katrina. Mm -hmm. Built um, Built in New Orleans East, on swamp land, oh, probably yep. where no foundation should have ever mm-hmm. been laid, but it is a wrenching book mm. with such restraint, poise, specificity, diligence. I I think Sarah M. Broom is as good as they come mm. um, in terms of nonfiction writing. It's amazing. Um, I just listened to the scarily brilliant, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge on Elizabeth Day's podcast, Mm -hmm. How to Fail. Yeah. And I recommend that so highly. It Mm -hmm. was, um, thrilling. And there are, she's on the show twice. Once right as she's finished season one of Fleabag. And then again, as she's finished season two. It's amazing. And, um, it seems like culturally Fleabag is the one thing we can all agree on. I love that. I right? think that's so true. Don't you true. think that's true? Mm-hmm. I do. I, I mean, I know it's how you and I feel yeah. about it. Um, but 
to hear her to hear Phoebe talk about her life as a creative her life as a leader Mm -hmm. um the stratospheric success of her of the sort of you know path she's charted from one woman monologue at amazing for the fringe festival did you see that they released like the original like i went and saw it no the critiques of it oh oh my god I can't remember what it said, but it was so hilarious. I'll tell you the one thing I can. Grows lie. wearisome. They said her voice grows wearisome. Yeah. Oh, and they're like, ha ha. Great. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's weary now? Yeah. Um, wow. The one thing I can't take in, the one thing I cannot consume is critics. I think yeah. we have so few worthy critics. And so few critics who are female identifying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's true. I find it's the Brené Brown thing of like, if you're not, you know, and the Roosevelt thing, if yeah. you're not in the arena. If you're not in the arena, shut up. Yeah. Yep. It's, and then, and it's probably the chip on my shoulder from having, you know, received a not so great review this spring for the play I did. Mm. It, it's just tough. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, I think it's a flawed system mm-hmm. and a provincial one. Um, but that being said, the podcast, Elizabeth Day's podcast is so invigorating because mm. it is all about, uh, not just failing better, recognizing failure as an integral part of succeeding. Growth. Failure is growth. That's right. Yeah. So I love her. I love the way she articulates herself. And I have my friend Rhiannon to thank for sending me those podcasts. Um, I think that's great. I, I love everything Krista Tippett does. I mm-hmm. love On Being. Mm-hmm. She has such a range of people on her show mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well. Um, and the kind of, the questions she asks about the spiritual background of people's childhood yeah. is really invigorating to me. Mm-hmm. To, to just that moonscape I talked about on the inside of me, like so rarely do you get to dig into the really, I don't know, um, subterranean part yeah. of, of, of someone. And it has everything to do with what drives yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and so I think, in a culture obsessed with accomplishment mm-hmm. and um, end game, it's really interesting to look back at the kind of soil a person grew out of, mm-hmm. um, and the the experiences that shape your sensitivity mm-hmm. and your senses, as opposed to the ones that forge your career. Yes. I'm so sick of being asked at parties, what do you do? Oh, God. I think any artist or actor, that's like loathsome. Or what are you working on? Uh, Fuck off. I'm working on myself, staying alive. Like I'm working. I'm living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on this, you know, this human conundrum. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I mean, guilty of asking it, too. Oh, yeah. We all do. Of course. You know, it's just... It's just you get in a corner with someone. There are better questions. And it's what do you do? Yeah, of course. So what do you do? Yeah. Where are you from? As if that's the only qualifier for 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 your life. That's the only way of identifying Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing to get to know about you. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty lame. Yeah. And surfacey. Yeah. Um, but I think it's such an indication of what we value. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I also picked up again because of the, um, 
the recent impeachment conversation Mm -hmm. and um, because of the fortitude of the House of Representatives, which, you know, was incredibly exciting for me personally (laughs) in my political views. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked up George Saunders' Brain Dead Megaphone, Mm. which is a prescient prescient Mm -hmm. book. It's just brilliant. And it's all about the media's role in, um, you know, (laughs) electing a brain dead megaphone. Yep. In the um, uh, dissolution of our public discourse. Yep. The degradation of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, and, well, the loss of our our sort of uh, drama- uh, democratic uh, thinking muscle mm-hmm. um, that f- for so long you you get pummeled by a black and white narcissistic self-involved um, unthinking unfeeling disloyal you know incompassionate voice yep you take on the qualities of that Mm -hmm. that that voice you know we're we're absorbent beings how can we not well that kind of segues into so your blog i mean sorry your podcast we've both done this i know it's so funny your your podcast and my blog and um you know the work of all of our creative and spiritual um women in leadership, you know, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. um, Krista Tippett, mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl Strayed, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert, yeah. you know, the, those, I feel like those women are doing so much important mm-hmm. work to push the boat out against mm-hmm. this tide yeah. of, um, of thoughtlessness, yes. yeah. of greed, yeah. just impeccable mm-hmm. greed mm-hmm. um and so i try to i i try to observe citizen office hours you know i take in as much as i can mm-hmm. and then i have to filter it yep you know with the work of people who i think are are um more alive yeah and in in the love not in the fear that's selfish right. energy yeah. What do you think is the biggest hindrance to your creativity? What a fantastic question. I feel like it sort of is in line with what you were just saying. That's like all the stuff with the media and that's a hindrance to our free thinking and our pathway to self. Yeah, that's so true. I think comparison, yeah. Um, right. One of my favorite Mary Oliver um, uh, quotations goes like this. Love yourself, then forget it, then love the world. Mm. Um, for me... That's the best instruction manual you can have as a as a artist, as a person, as a creative. You have to love yourself enough to believe you can do it. Ugh, yeah. And then you have to forget yourself so you can do it. Mm-hmm. 
because we all know this, there's nothing less engaging or gratifying than watching somebody who's watching themselves. Yep. That's In their n- own way. That's ego, just not the work. Shell. Right. Right. But when the personal dream becomes a universal dream. Yeah. Then you have something there. Yeah. Then you might even, you know, enter into a conversation with the world. Mm-hmm. Service. Service. Then you might actually, you know, accidentally, intentionally bump into something true yeah. that people can use as a kind of guidepost or resonance or, you know, relief. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I get it. I, I'm seen, I'm visible, I'm heard. I mean, that experience is the one I long for. Yeah. Whether I am in the audience or whether I'm on stage. That's what Mind I want. Mind blown, Megan. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I just want to be recognized and represented. Oh, it gives me like tears in my eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just because about me I, being seen as an as an actor and no, all this. I no, just, I want to feel less alone. Yeah, because um, the only way through is to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the biggest uh, the biggest trouble I get into, what will stop me in my tracks and fill me with doubt, is uh, comparing my path to to others, yep. and. Um, allowing you know the it doesn't even matter allowing the privilege the successes the um, notoriety Mm -hmm. the celebrity Mm -hmm. you name it the wealth Mm -hmm. the power of others make me feel as though you know as though I'm nothing as though I'm insignificant yeah as though what I'm experiencing is not real and what they're experiencing is real that's the strangest thing the way in the way comparison invalidates your experience Mm -hmm. right compare and despair yeah you know um and i think i struggle with this this is this is gonna sound so banal and embarrassing but i struggle with instagram for that i was gonna actually say the same thing i I struggle with shopping for that reason it's really hard it's especially instagram and it's you know i struggle with other actors for that reason. of course yeah i struggle with waiting rooms for that reason there's this desolate feeling of like shouldn't we be shoring each other up aren't we all having an individual experience aren't we all going through some fucked up bullshit why can't we show up for each other and yet you know, I'm as much to blame as the next actress. Like, right. Well, that's not I, even our fault. That's I'm, how society has programmed us. It's like the animal isn't brain. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's yeah. how we've been programmed is that there's not enough room. And that's life in a patriarchy. It is the patriarchy. Exactly. But it, I, I struggle with this too. I struggle with it on Instagram. And now the way that I'm starting to combat it a little bit is like, you know, there are some actresses who I look at from afar. And finally, I'm just like, fucking dm them page yeah and just tell them the thing that you see that makes you feel like oh i'm not that you're seeing that and admiring that because you are that and that wants to come to the surface so why don't you just call it out in her Mm. i'm working less on i can be a total powerful page well i've been working that is such a reframe for me thank you for that literally if you're in a waiting room and someone is and listen not everyone's receptive to it but 
I'm one of these people who I kind of know who everyone is. Like I research this stuff like crazy and I'll want to be like, I loved your episode of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if I keep it to myself, I'm making myself less than I'm not making myself appear. If I say it, I'm going to boost them going Absolutely. into this audition. When has, when has someone complimenting your work ever ruined your day? <laughs> not once, not never. I was going to say. Not once, not never. And no. I do this all the time when I like someone's haircut or I like their shoes yeah. or whatever. You know, I like their dog. I, I, I actively share and offer yeah. that affirmation. Yes. But when it comes to our industry, there's just this scarcity model totally that's really and I think I read it on your blog once the Mm. deadline thing of being like oh my god when you're trolling deadline like a hungry ghost during pilot season being like I thought I nailed that oh I mean you know what the etymology of a deadline is it like appears in civil war diaries no it was a line in prison that if the incarcerated crossed they would literally be killed. Fuck this. And the so I'm telling not. you, stay off of deadline. It will literally Kill you. cut you. I mean, it is. That is unbelievable. It's self-harm, y'all. Dude. It's self-harm. But yeah, there's enough space for all of us. And I'm I'm really working on that. And I'm because I'm trying to step into my worth with with just the career and calling in the dream thing and not being in the scarcity mentality and being like, yeah, cool. You got close to that and you didn't get it. Perfect. You're closer to the thing that is yours. And the thing that is yours, Paige, the thing that is yours, Megan, no one else can get. Yeah. They don't even have a hand on it. They just don't. It's like that. I, I, and I, I choose to believe this because look, there's a good story or a bad story. Oh God. You know, which one are you going to tell yourself? It's your choice. Yeah. You author these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's on a loop. Promote them and <laughs> yep. perpetuate them. Yep. It's just the truth. Like, as my friend Leslie said the other day, you can approach anything in love or in fear. Mm. It's that simple and that transformative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the world's dreams for you are the dreams you have for yourself. There's a reason why you want what you want. Yeah, yeah. And if it's, it's ego, if it's not your wants, it'll fall away. It's not random. I, absolutely, like, you know, my my um, truly special um, agent, Bonnie, said early on in our relationship. Have you been with Bonnie since you got out of I, school? Yes, yeah, we've been. To, I've only ever been with Bonnie. Same, She's I'm amazing. Same with my agent. She hasn't. She said there's no plan B. I mean, people who have a plan B will do plan Mm -hmm. B. Mm -hmm. And I think that rattled me um, because I think I had a a lunch date with her and then went off to babysit for eight hours for someone else's kids. Like, Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I have hustled my whole creative life. It's all about, um, you know attacking the problem from a bunch of different angles Mm -hmm. you know and what people don't say often enough is that you work for so long and so hard without getting paid and then when you get a job and this is the really special part of what we do that's the vacation it's a a literal vacation yeah I can't believe it take your foot off the gas of all the other things that are that are keeping you afloat financially and truly do your job in a singular That's way right. and but do it well when you when you're on set you never work a day in your life it's, it's all the other days I think there's this pervasive idea of like 
oh, acting's so glamorous. It's so cool. No. Like, you're no. so lucky. It's so rarefied. Yeah. <laughs> people bring you lunch, knock on your trailer. Da, 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 they touch your hair. And 10 all, days a year. <laughs> all of that is so great and true. Yeah. But that happens 10 days yeah, a year. Like, come on. <laughs> the other days, you are wiping I'm butts. I'm doing my own, wiping butts, doing my own hair and makeup. Oh, of course, yeah. Sitting in traffic. Totally, totally. You, you're, you know, all the other days of the year are your true creative life, mm-hmm. right? Where you are solving problems yep. left and right. Mm-hmm. And where you are struggling to maintain the um, insistence that you get to live the life you want to have. Yeah. I mean, that is courage in action. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said this, I went to the Ohio Playwrights Conference in August, which was an amazing experience. And in the room with a playwright named Kate Cortese, who's just brilliant, she wrote a really interesting play called Love that I got to work on there. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, at this point, I just want to be braver faster. That's my whole thing. That's great. How can I be braver faster? Yeah. There's nothing to lose. Nope. And the work doesn't start until you get brave. Yep. So like, even if I have to fake it, mm-hmm. I want to offer it. Mm-hmm. I want to be the rabbit in the room that sets the pace for bravery. Mm. Let me start. Yeah. Let me be the one to start. Yeah. You know, it. It. if we're here, we might as well roll up our sleeves and ante in. Mm-hmm. And that begins with bravery. It mm-hmm. just does. And it's a choice, you guys. Yeah. I I suppose I thought I'd get to a point where beginnings didn't feel like beginnings, where oh, I didn't yeah. always feel like a beginner. I feel like I'm learning how to do the thing every it's time. It's an illusion. I start. That we think we're every ever going to arrive time. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no um there's no new challenge I have faced that hasn't felt like a like pure terror mm-hmm. and that hasn't felt like a like a beginning, like an untethered beginning. Mhm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's something you got to make friends with and just enjoy about it, because um, I feel like the alternative would be to walk through your life feeling certain, and actually, uncertainty is the beginning of everything cool. That's so true. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah, the most intelligent people in my life say I don't know yeah. more than anyone. Yeah. Oh, I love that. They do. It's such a stroke of um, intellectualism, intellectualism and mm-hmm. engagement mm-hmm. is to say, I don't know. Um, it's just, I think like particularly in the work of performance, in the moment to moment exchange, at least in theater between you and your audience, and this should be true of, of on camera work too, the not knowing is what grabs an audience. That's like if you're doing, if you're watching a tape or you're taping yeah. someone, the second they drop a line, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> but instead we're trying to like, well, initially, I think now I'm starting to get really friendly with the not knowing. Like the, my graduate with being like, school I teachers trust would say like the skinny branches. Yeah. Like where you're real far it's out. Fine. I it could break myself. at any moment. Yeah. You know what is magic in an audition is the magic. It's not me coming in and trying to control it. It's me being like, I have a grasp on this and I trust myself as an artist and as a human being with a great soul that I can just go in and do something. Yeah. If I'm not right for it, I'm not right for it. But like, it's way more exciting to just find out what's going to happen in there instead of try to plan it. And to circle back to what we were saying earlier, it's when you get to act. Yes. 
the like acting starts when the not knowing starts yeah. and so often auditions go exactly the way you plan oh god you know you, no like surprise you you regurgitate the thing you did in your living room mm-hmm. and um it's stale yeah and um it doesn't look anything like a human <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i <laughs> i remember my first day on blue bloods being like well <laughs> apparently <laughs> i've never been a human being before <laughs> Because I uh, can't walk, I can't talk, God. I can't drink coffee, I can't close a, a, fi- a filing cabinet, Help. I can't tie my shoe, nope. I can't breathe. Yeah, good. Uh, certainly can't breathe. Yeah. Uh, no breathing in acting. Yeah, <laughs> none That's whatsoever. That's my school of acting. Stop Ugh, breathing, start just, acting. Just, yeah. Really just go, just clench. Oh, just clench. Clench your asshole, yeah. white knuckle it, don't <laughs> breathe. Let's go. <laughs> Authentic. <laughs> squeeze your ass yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's so it's so funny it's just I don't know the the having a sense of humor about how about the indignities how degrading yeah oh yeah so much of this pursuit can be mm-hmm. is I mean is like is I don't know is like a major major um major trick if you can lean into it it makes you feel impenetrable yeah you're like oh i did that okay i can do anything like it's fine but Mm -hmm. you're right it is like okay when you left columbia did you feel ready to deal with time management and schedule yeah i honestly think that that's uh that's the hardest part I still struggle with it and I get upset and John, John is so, especially with auditioning, I'm like, why do they give me this little time if they want me to do my best work? Sure. Or just little stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I'll be, I'm, I'm just going to come clean and say that like, I am so often, it's so often on me. Mm -hmm. Um, the procrastination. I'm a very last minute person. Yep. Um, you know, when I sit down to write a blog, it's because I've written it in my head. So yeah. it comes out in about two hours of just like concentrated, yeah. immersive focus. That's kind of me. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I struggle with is like, how do I respect myself enough and my time enough and my commitment to doing this mm-hmm. enough to produce, to like sit my ass down yep. and, um, and prioritize for me it's always a subcon the reason why i procrastinate and i think it's the reason a lot of people procrastinate which i've always been a procrastinator and i'm someone who would get like all a's sure i believe that about you You know what i mean you're a very high functioning impressive person so are you i'm dying i'm just watching being like what like this is such a gem but i i it's usually like a subconscious like perfectionist thing where i'm like Mm. i'm not even gonna start because it's just it's not going to be perfect. And what do they think? I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going in tomorrow. This is a joke. What? That's like, instead profound. it's like, okay, perfectionism. sit down for 20 minutes, look at the fucking scene and then go in there and throw something at the wall. Cause here's the deal. You're a sparkly enough human. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, your sparkliness should never be up to them. Exactly. I, I, but the perfectionism thing hits me hard mm-hmm. because, and I know this is something that I come by honestly, because my you know my mom so generously and so poignantly said to me one time I respect that you try because I often don't want to try 
because I don't want to entertain failure. Mm. I'd rather not try than have to fail. Wow. And let's have it right. Mm -hmm. There's a really important reason for that. Mm -hmm. She's another generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no room. Yeah for women especially women in their creative pursuits or in the workplace to fail no forget it yeah you know it's like that um fred astaire ginger rogers thing like she did everything he did but backwards and in heels yep like that's that's the generational yeah. gap and we're still feeling it of course because we still live in a fucking mm-hmm. patriarchy mm-hmm. and and maybe indeterminately you know will but mm-hmm. um um but I feel like that relationship to I can't withstand failure um, is so female. Mm-hmm. And I have to do it perfectly or not at mm-hmm. all. Or hide. Or hide. Yeah. Literally flattens our experience. Mm-hmm doesn't matter in whatever arena in a relation in in romance in work Mm -hmm. um you know in in friendship like this notion that you don't get tries yeah you either get it right or it's over right for you right and that you aren't a work in progress you're finished yeah and you know that you have to somehow execute from that place of um i don't know uh impeccability is so is so wrong it, it halts you it's yeah so and, damaging you know to back on back on my muse phoebe waller bridge she talks about that that like we have been so starved of duality in women mm. the woman that you know has the perfect haircut and the red lipstick also has perverted thoughts about you know yep. the guy on the train yep. like that's we get the whole meal. We get to be all of that. Yep. Two things can be true at the yes. same time. Those things can even be in conflict yes. with each other. You know, that's my experience. And of that's being where the drama happens. Alive. And yes, of being female. That's yeah. my experience. So why don't more of our characters reflect that yeah. to us? Why doesn't more of our conversations with, you know, ourselves and other men and women reflect that mm-hmm. complexity? Yeah. Ugh. You know? This has been the best. Thank you so much. I'm obsessed. Can we do some rapid fire questions? Yeah. Because they're yeah. very fun. Yeah, of course. Please. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Oh, good one. Mm. Favorite book? Oh, my God. I know. I'm asking a lot. You can give top three because I know you're Little Women. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm going to say When Women Were Birds. Mm. It's just and H is for Hawk. So those are two recent ones, yeah. And Little Women is from childhood. Wow. Blue or black ink? Um, Blue. I love that. No one says blue. (gasps) Definitely blue. So good. Uh, At the moment, L.A. or New York? L.A. Hardcore L.A. I'm Mm -hmm. so in love with the city. It's really refreshing to talk to you about it because I feel like you have such a... New York sensibility and yeah, root, I just spent rooting in New York months in New You're York. You're a theater spring. actress, yeah. and I. It's really I'm always delighted to meet fellow, kind of like expat New Yorkers who are still in love with New York, but who are like see the magic in LA without being like fuck LA. It's disgusting. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we compare them so much, mm-hmm. but it's sort of absurd. Yeah, they're, they're so, so different. different. And, like, I, I'm at the point where I can, I can really value all my time in New York. I will always go back. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I hope I always get to work there. But I see it with finality. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever live there full time again. Yeah. Yeah. When you were a kid going to the video store, Blockbuster, any of those things, which actor was the actor whose movie you always picked up? I mean, Julia Roberts. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know, listen, I know I've heard the criticism, but you got to admit, she she is so fun to watch. Yeah, so fun to watch. And when I was sort of cutting my teeth on like, ooh, maybe I could do this. Yeah. They were just, I don't know, there was a certain magnetism and a big laugh and a kind of, you know, big smile, tonsilly smile that I felt I, I, that I don't know, that felt a little bit like me. Yeah. And I just, that, that gave me some hope. What's your favorite thing about your dog? His ears. Oh. And his heart. Yeah. What city do you want to visit next? Um, I want to go to Japan. Yeah. I and mean, that's a country, but. Um, I, I also want to go to, um, uh, Lisbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'd love to go to Madrid. There's, I, there's so many places I haven't been, Same. but the far East, you know, I've never been to Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'd love to go to India too. Yeah. We've got some places to go. Mm-hmm. Some, pla- some, uh, stamps to add to our passport. But yeah. How do you take your coffee? We were talking about coffee with half and half with half and half. Yeah. My husband's English and it's the one thing I say to him when we are over in London, it's like kind of a deal breaker. Like they don't have half and half Mm -hmm. and don't tell me to like put cream and milk together because Paige, it's not the same. No, it's going to separate. It's not as sweet. It's going to separate. So like if when we live over there, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like this is... This keeps me up at night. Half yeah. and half is my passion. Yes. I love it. I love that. I love it. I feel like, too, in a world where all these women are not having dairy, I'm like, oh. I'm back on the dairy train. And I'm like, can we all just have dairy? Like, in? Oh, gosh. I mean, listen, if you have an allergy, fine. Uh, you know. But I think we've been very If you have an allergy, I'm sorry for you. But cheese? Yeah, come on. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want a life without cheese. <laughs> I can relate to that so much. <laughs> like I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have it every day. No, but if there's a a board, I might though. Duh. Yeah. Ugh. Queso, please. Oh my gosh. Favorite kind of taco? Oof. Carnitas. Carnitas. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I love fish tacos too. Yeah. Favorite role you've played so far? Oh man. Can you choose? Um, I've really loved being Lena last summer and cried out Mm. um I also get to play this cosmic orphan this spring in New York Mm. um this this train wreck of an actress um named Nicole and uh both those roles had a kind of dynamism and intelligence to them that let me be in a really happy, really sad, really funny, really tragic place a lot. Wow. And that's, you know. That's, you got to be whole. That's, I got to be whole. Yeah. That's so perfectly said. Ugh. That makes me real cry, actually. Yeah. That's it. Like, 
uh, and we so and I just, I rarely get to do that. I just never that. read that part. No, we just don't get to do it. So the fact that I got to, I've gotten to do it a couple times And in everyone's a row. like, write it for yourself. And I can't even fathom doing that. Of course you can. Like, I mean, I guess I could, but right now I'm... I'm just trying to like it's ask daunting. for clarity. Yes, it's so daunting. But you can do it. My and God, yeah. you live it. Yeah, it's true. So true. So I love both those women. And I think of those two uh, turns as love letters to the universe. Let me do more of this. Let me yeah. do more of this. Let me do more of this. Well, I wanted to keep going with rapid fire, but I realized there are two things that I want to touch on. Oh, okay. One thing I want to touch on is you're teaching a class yes. in Los Angeles. Yes. And I would love for you to talk about that, plug it, and talk oh, about the inspiration behind thank it. Thank you so much. I'm for so that. excited to audit and hopefully take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, I feel on weird. The east side. On the east side. I feel weird calling it a class because um, it's a gathering. Everybody, you know, it's, I, I, I sort of have been calling it a studio because everybody who's taking it, there are um, eight actors taking it. You know, all working actors um, who have studied under various pedagogy mm-hmm. and with various teachers, mm-hmm. and at you know some some have gone to graduate graduate school, some haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all very seasoned people and artists, and r- really, I describe it as an oil change. Yeah. Like it's a chance to tune up. Mm-hmm. Um, I I asked everyone to set specific goals before yep. the studio began, mm-hmm. which is how. Um, I helped everybody find their literature, find their scene yep. for yep. the class. It's a true scene study. It's an advanced scene study. Yep. So it's it's four Mondays over the next month. Um, each class is three hours. Everybody works every class. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a good 40 minutes to dive in. That's delicious. And of course, a lot of it is directorial and stylistic, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the work is so strong already. Yeah. You know, no one's learning how to act. Right. Most people are just remembering how to stretch. Yep. Yep. Um, so I left, I, I feel like I was floating at the end of Monday night, our first class, because watching people do the work and take risks and um, sort of enliven and animate their instruments again is so great. That's it's so fulfilling. Um, it reminds me of what I love. Yeah. And it's a moment where I felt I needed to remember process. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad saying when I left graduate school, like, I think you'll be fine because you love every part of this work. You love every part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you love the rehearsal. You love the meeting of new people. You mm-hmm. love the engagement of the audition. Mm-hmm. You love reading the play. You love performing it. Mm-hmm. You love being on set. You love watching the show when it's done. Like, and it's true that is all process Mm -hmm. and as long as process stays at the center of your experience you just won't have a boring no disappointing Mm -hmm. day when it becomes as we've talked you know very candidly and extensively when it becomes about the accomplishment Mm -hmm. when it becomes about comparing yourself to what somebody else made on a movie or the girl who got the part that you tested against mm-hmm. or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you ro- you are robbed i think of your of your instincts yeah. and robbed of your joy your joy yeah it's so real you're robbed of um you know the purity of of Creating the love of play. the thing you started with yeah. you know 
Um, so the class is really just plugging back into that and remembering that, um, you know, y you have everything you need. Yeah. You start from where you are. And I think it's so refreshing that you and your friend are teaching it. Yeah, we, yeah Jeremy is here. a casting director yeah. and, and a filmmaker and a great writer and um, producer. And, um, and so it's so great to have his eye on everything. Yeah. Because we see different things. Right. I'm an actor. Right. So that's primarily, you know, the experience I bring to mm -hmm. the to the class. Jeremy sits in auditions all day yeah. and, you know, casts television and yep. film. Yep. And and even though we're working on plays, because, you know, that's the good stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, he's he's uh, he's he's shaping and shifting and asking people to kind of move maybe faster than they're prepared mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. because we all know in an audition you don't often get a second chance no, no. um so be braver faster yep, yep and um and a chance to really hone in on some uh perhaps some old habits that die hard and it's so good i mean we've been hosting a practice group since we moved oh, here good. yeah which you guys have to come Please. to it's more like if you have a self-tape or something and it's so nice and it sounds like this is kind of how you guys are doing it too, to not have a teacher. I think so much of yeah. these LA classes, it's like ego of the teacher and people kind of like fall in line with being like the te what the teacher says is God. And I think it's really important to have these spaces where we can come together and there's a guide, right. you know, right. or we're all guiding each other, but it's not like there's a hierarchy based on no hierarchy. who feels more loved by the teacher or who's seen one over better or whatever. It's like, no, we're literally... So I'm so excited to and come. Because then what's the point of a class? Right. Because that becomes another audition oh, setting. Yeah. That Fuck becomes that. another transactional Unsafe. setting. Yeah. Yeah. And and this just isn't that way at all. Yeah. Um, this is really driven by the artist. And um, Jeremy and I, who have known each other for 20 years, like That's we amazing. really were good at um, holding the space. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think we ask a lot of ourselves mm -hmm. as creative people. Mm -hmm. um, so we walk the walk yeah, too. Exactly. It's, it's not like I'm in the trenches with you. I'm not yeah. above you. I'm not collecting a check as no, no, there's, there's no, there's no answers. There's just preoccupation. Mm -hmm. um, and so why not, instead of turning that inward and like getting on deadline yeah. <laughs> and cutting myself to my computer at night, you know, let's, let's get together um, and do something useful like yeah. practice. Yes, let's practice. Let's. That's the joy let's of the try. process. Let's try. Let's try. Yep. What is something that you think everyone listening right now should hear? It's usually something that you need to hear yourself. Keep going. Mm. I think it's such a beautiful thing when people just keep going yeah it's not to say that you should um abandon your grief or your um loneliness or your um pride or you know um your your questions mm -hmm. but um keep going means to me you know, the Rilke thing, like live through the questions, mm -hmm. you know, not only did no one say it was going to be easy, but also 
no one said that the good stuff was going to come from ease. <laughs> mm-hmm. F- from an ability to control, from an ability to, you know, be certain. Mm-hmm. The good stuff, like meeting my husband, yeah. like, um, you know, meeting my sister's children, mm-hmm. like... Um, finding your soul cluster, finding your tribe, you know, that all came out of getting lost. Mm -hmm. That all came out of risk and uncertainty and, you know, a kind of blind faith Mm -hmm. that following your dream will lead you to, you know, your life. Yeah. And it's not just a premise, like it's a, you know, it's a practice for mm-hmm. me. And yeah, it's really exhausting. Yeah. And yeah, I... Learn to rest. I get scared and, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel, um, you know, I feel um, frustration work on me. But the uses of all of that is that you get to be who you are, you know, and it's not the getting there that makes you who you are. It's the way... You struggle mm-hmm. and you change mm-hmm. and you grow that makes you who you are. Yeah. So keep going. Oh, thank you so much for doing <laughs> thank this. You. Where can everybody I just love and adore you. Thank you. I love and adore thank you. And I feel like this was so special. Congratulations on your podcast. Thank this is you. so cool. Thank you for making this happen. I and can't wait here. to share it far and wide. I can't wait for people to hear what you've said today because I so much of it has touched my heart and what's been such a big blessing about doing this podcast is every time someone has said something that I needed to hear like in that exact moment and it feels feels divine you know yeah I believe that sitting talking into microphones somehow I'm being fed by it so I know that someone else will be too Oh, I hope so. Yeah. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Where can everybody follow along in your journey? Yeah. Luck is a penny. Luck is a penny.com. Um, I'm on, uh, not at the moment, but I am on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just my name, Megan Ketch. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Blank Page Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the show, rate, review, and if you have a friend you think might benefit from these conversations, let them know about it. Spread the word. Let's create a community where we lift each other up, support each other through the shitty times, and celebrate each other's wins. Please let me know if there's any way that I can support you in your journey. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful day.